were listening to School by Project Function. Um, my name's Riz, and with me we have... Daryl. Hi. <laughs> um, intros are always hard, as you probably can understand. We took a long time starting this up, but yeah. we're excited. Yeah, it's the very awkward part. Yeah, like how do you do you handshake across the screen? How does it work? It's um, a little wave emoji. It's been ages since we've handshaken anyway. Mm. It has, but yeah. Let's not talk about the elephant in the room and probably move on to what is Scoop? Great question. Um, well, yeah, how would you describe Scoop in like two words? I think for me it would be like transparent posts. Yeah. And also reduced writing. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of Scoop was because we're so bad at writing, like, on a regular basis about what we do, even though we want to be more open about what we do. Mm -hmm. So, that being said, I think our post, like, cycle has improved. Yep. Um, It has. um, So, we spend our time doing a lot of things our project function keeping the project running as you will but we don't get the chance to share in how it's going what challenges we have what we've done what's upcoming stuff like that and i know that's kind of a routine for every podcast out there uh, but if it ain't broke don't fix it so Hmm. we thought we'd give it a try and be more transparent, like Daryl said, about what goes goes on behind the scenes. Because a large part of project function, as we've discovered, is um, being open to the community and learning from the tech community. And we want to be more transparent and even more open than we previously were. And Scoop is going to make us do that, in a way, because we'll, be, um, we'll be honest with you here as best as we can. Yeah, like, it, it lets us hold ourselves accountable, I guess. Yeah, for uh, sure. It's always easy to be like, oh, yeah, we're doing this, but then go off the radar for, like, months on end, and mm-hmm. then pop out of nowhere and be like, oh, yeah, this has happened. So I guess with Scoop, with, I guess, some sort of semi-regular cycle, um, yep. we'll be able to, like, keep everyone updated, and, uh Yeah. And hopefully also get some people on board sometimes because we sick in listening to our own voices at all times. So we can alleviate that tension by bringing someone else sometimes who can maybe join in in the conversation. Uh, we just want it to be, it, we want it to feel like a team sport. I know that's very cheesy to say, but it really comes down to that. The essence of like anyone can chip in. Yeah. So we did announce school very uh, PF-like behavior, where we released a uh, tweet around it, March 22nd, almost a few days now, because we're recording this on a Friday, and it's going to go out today. Um, <laughs> it's a very and, bold move. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Fun facts. There's a motorcycle outside. So I'm going <laughs> to let that pass. That is a fun fact. Second fun fact. Um, We've done this before, Deja Vu. We have recorded school before. Do you want to tell the story of that, Daryl? <laughs> well, 
I think the lesson learned, to, like to cut it short, the lesson learned is if you ever decide to record on Zoom, remember to download it before it expires. Yep, and it expires in 10 days. So there's your warning. So we've done this before. Um, we're still just as nervous and still out of stuff to talk about, even though whilst we were planning it, we had like long lists of things to say, but the moment we sat down, there's nothing uh, coming to our brains, but yeah. Right, that packs up what is scoop, because I don't want the first episode to be so meta that we keep talking about what is scoop and that becomes scoop. So let's swiftly move on to discussing what's, what's happening with PF, what's upcoming, uh, what would you be hopefully seeing us releasing, um, all the good things. This is the positives. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess since our last proper recap, like the last proper recap we had was, what, like a blog post like a couple of months ago? Yeah, it's a long while. Yeah, so since then, uh, we've had a, I guess, website refresh, a brand refresh of sorts. Um, We started our first game dev course, which is currently being led by Jamie. Um, we're already halfway through that, and so far it seems to be going quite well, being well received, and uh, yeah, I guess that's what we've been up to. Oh, and also, we started actually raising money for Access for All program to try and get um, people to, you know, give access to those who don't have access to resources they need to take part in the course. Um, if you want to know more about that. More details are on the site. Um, Oof, free. Perfectly, perfectly plugged. Have a check. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Link in bio, everybody. Link in bio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is going on YouTube, by the way. Fun facts. Oh, um, yeah. Yep. So, literally, link in bio. Um, we also have a Patreon. I'm not sure if it's kind of hard to judge who your listeners are going to be like, what part of the story do they know? Where do I start? Do we start from like once upon a time or do we like presume they have understanding of like where we're at? Um, but for those of you who don't know, we also have a Patreon that helps us run project function, um, which dials back to, do they even know what project function is? I mean, um, okay, uh, in short, for those who don't know, Project Function is a thing that Riz and I started when we were in our second year, third year of uni. Um, and end of second, sorry, yeah. third. I think we, pre- we prepared it end of second and started it on the third year. Mm-hmm. Um, out of, I guess, kind of like disappointment for another, like, boot camp i guess you can call it um that was running in nottingham we saw they had things missing they weren't really accessible and the end goal wasn't really like i guess like it wasn't it wasn't as they originally um planned so all the resources were out of date getting in touch with like the people who were actually you know running the program was impossible and Riz and I, along with a few other people, were tasked to instruct and be instructors for that course. And after that nightmarish, uh, nightmarish experience, we basically 
decided to do our own thing and start PF um, so that we can give people the chance to take part and see if tech is an industry for them. Because right now, the tech industry isn't very welcoming to minorities and those who've been marginalized from the industry. And so getting newcomers to actually get on board in tech is almost impossible because they like right now to get into tech you either have to have connections already in tech or just be very privileged or lucky enough to already have a leg in um so i guess pf acts as that gateway so that you don't really need any sort of technological background to try and see if tech is for you so we run free courses to do that and uh you know commitment free as well so learners are free to come in and leave if they feel like it's not for them at any stage and once they're done if it's for them then we help assist them create their portfolio and you know apply for junior roles i realized that i said in short and this turned out to be like a whole like historical background and (laughs) intro exactly Um... So that's the gist, in a way, uh, the long gist, I guess. Um, yeah, and I think the focus that we learned from the experience that Dara mentioned of being part of something that then turned out disappointing, and we were like, this could be so much better. Um, and our focus is to keep our courses up to date, because that part gets out of date very quickly with tech being such a fast-pacing, you know, fast-paced industry, mm. um, which is why game dev, which is not run by us, has been a really insightful experience. Um, we found some great instructors led by Jamie who took on the uh, responsibility of delivering that course, uh, planning it themselves, whilst we kind of help them from our experience of running these courses um, in person. So this is a remote course, but the kind of things we've learned with what learners appreciate, what they respond to. Um, but it's been it's been really fascinating personally, at least for me, to have more people to bounce of ideas from and exchange. So they brought stuff to the table, we brought some experience, and then it's just been really fun yeah planning that out i also would like to mention here uh, the other focus we have at pf uh in our courses is we try so hard to have them be in like a chilled environment uh, we like our learners to have like a good time attending these sessions these daily, these weekly lessons um because i think with boot camps not saying they're not the right solution for some, but for many, when you're not even sure, um, having a good time learning is super crucial because otherwise, if I put myself in the shoes of my, like, of our learners, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there if it wasn't um, a chill, relaxing, fun environment of learning as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess also the the fact that we run our courses in the evenings, most people, if not all, are tired by that time. So yeah. it's always nice to ourselves have ourselves included. 
Exactly. Yeah, so it's always nice to have like a slower, calmer environment to learn and, you know, try new things, I guess. Those kind of um, like mechanisms almost, I don't know what you pitch them as, but like ways to make that happen is something that personally interests me a lot. Like how can you make a lesson fun? Um, whilst Daryl focuses uh, or heads up the actual planning of the lessons themselves, like the content and the worksheets we make and the slides we make. So I think Daryl has an equal challenge of how can something be thought in an easy way, if you can elaborate on that. Yeah, I guess it's like the the thing about programming in general is from outside it looks very difficult and almost impossible to grasp but i guess it's all down to learning the rules behind it and how things behave and why they behave the way they do and then being able to put that together to see like something happen and i guess teaching programming is not a thing that's like very easy to do because it's mostly I guess the best way to learn programming is by trying it, by putting it into practice. So with us trying to deliver that sort of content to the learners, to learners who have never really, I guess, experienced things like that before or have never really learned in that way before, it's kind of like a jump. So I guess most of the, I guess most of the focus has to be in trying to make that content seem like it's being well seem like it's being um <laughs> like i guess taught but also whilst making it fun enough that they're engaged and remain engaged mm-hmm. um so it's like trying to find the right balance between theory so they understand why things happen and practice so they can try it themselves and play about and experiment. Because yeah. um, at the end of the day, it's all about experimenting and seeing what works. So, yeah. I hope yeah. like many of you have kind of done that in your day jobs or, or whilst learning programming yourself. I know we've come from uh, a more privileged entry into tech with both of us attending a comsci degree. I say attending a degree, it's like a meetup. <laughs> we attended our degree for four years. Um, and we've also had thoughts around, oh my god, this this lecture is so boring. Like They're just reading off the slides. And that aspect of just reading off the slides was my most frustrating part of the thing that led us to start PF. Mm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so that questions have really helped like shape pf i think yeah or at least get us started that was the you know initial fire if you will uh, to get us going and as is true for now even then we didn't really have a plan um we had plans uh, and that meant that we could stay focused on our mission we had a mission uh but we didn't really have like a five-year plan or anything um but two years in now i think pf has grown and has has been on the track way to you know staying true to its mission which is the overarching story 
I think, if anything, over the past few years, I think if we look back at how, like, what we originally thought it was going to be, having no point of reference, no idea where it was going to head, if people were even going to find it useful, I think looking back now and seeing everything that we've done so far, it's been quite a surprising journey. I mean, I, mean, I know for me it has been, because um, it's been received in, like, such a great way like a surprisingly great way like ways we've not really thought of and like it's expanded on its own like i guess part of the concern at the start was oh is this even going to pick up but it's picked up and it's like carried itself and now it's at the point where growth is a constant thing that keeps happening like it keeps yeah. me every day and uh, yeah so I think looking back it's definitely been a journey of discovery yeah. and that brings us to our next point on the agenda challenges like what I think we mm-hmm. covered it already in our upcoming um, yeah like so, if anything like seeing that growth and not being prepared for it has kind of like put us in a situation of sorts where both Riz and I work full-time and PF used to be like a small side project and now it's become a big side project and now it stands on its own two feet and we're currently finding ourselves in situations where we either don't have enough time to get a specific thing like executed and completed like in a short amount of time um for example the scoop has been a plan of ours for i don't even know how long at this point yeah and we've only just managed to execute it so you know things like that and also growing our new um programs access for all and aftercare that's also proven to be an additional level of like I wouldn't say stress, but demand. Yeah, um, everything has just matured itself. I think ourselves included. Everything has grown up in a way. We're still yeah. growing for sure, but uh, it just feels more realer. I know that's not a real word. Uh, <laughs> everything feels like it demands more execution, thought, design, planning, uh, like more challenges if you implement a thing the consequences of that have become more <laughs> astounding. Uh, mm-hmm. And our time is the same, like Dara said, like we still are the same team. Yeah, I think to be fair, like us moving into full-time work hasn't really changed the amount of time we've had on PF, but PF has grown so fast mm-hmm. that that time just is being stretched really thin now. Like, I guess that's part of the reason why we decided to, like, have PF kind of not shift, but adapt um, to be a bit more community-driven. So, for example, the game dev course, which I don't think initially we even had a plan to do game dev as a course. Um, Like, that's come out of not necessity, but growth. 
Like yeah. the growths allowed us to see, hey, this can work, and maybe we should reach out to members of the community and see if they want but to run a thing. It was fostered in the community, so the yeah. way it happened, the way we reached out to Jamie was because Jamie had previously, like even more months ago, maybe like a good year ago now, maybe a year and a half, uh, mentioned that he'd be willing to help us in, you know, um, delivering game-related material because he had some experience of running like a workshop, um, which I had seen. Um, I can't remember if I attended, but I feel like I'd seen it somewhere. Uh, and then he just mentioned that, and we put that at the back of our backlog, like really back of our backlog. But having that little conversation of him saying that he'd be up for it, now translated all those years and months later um, into thinking, yeah, this person who reached out to us all that time ago, let's let's give him, uh, you know, a call, not a call, we sent him a DM, <laughs> but let's give him a DM. Um, and that proves the, our point of if it is community-driven, if we had more of that, if we had people who were willing to be part of running it or being involved more into the ins and outs, that's something we really want to treasure and promote and be open about. Because I don't think we can, given our current circumstances, like there's no way we can invent a time machine. Or not even a time machine, like an invention, a machine that invents time, more like it. So otherwise, if we don't adapt, we're going to burn out ourselves, which has been the other challenge in our minds. Yeah, I guess the adapting part has always been not a fear, but a concern of ours, because it's been like one of the things we try to do with PF, I guess, which kind of limit limited how we registered PF and everything was being able to be flexible with the goals and be able to be flexible with the execution of these goals. And I guess through adapting, even though it was a concern that, okay, if we adapt, it might change PF a bit too much and deviate it from the original like mission. Mm. It hasn't really done that. Instead, it's kind of opened more doors. Like since being open to that and like being open to having community led courses, um, we've kind of found ourselves with quite a good long-term schedule of courses to run. Like mm-hmm. we've got Vue.js upcoming. Uh, we've got another intro to web dev after that. We've got .NET um, planned as well. Uh, it's kind of opened up our schedule over the long term. So I guess, yeah, it, it, it was a concern, but it's definitely opened new doors. Yep. So, uh... You mentioned courses, but even programs. So we realized that the user journey of like um, a learner who comes to PF does a course, and then we kind of just left them at that point. We just said goodbye. It was hard to keep in touch, obviously, because we were out of time ourselves. Uh, That system could be improved, which is why aftercare was um, something that we started. Mm-hmm. started thinking about we didn't start it'd be wrong to say that uh, we started thinking about it in our brains and we found mel 
who was another person who we'd met in the tech community in Nottingham um, to be an excellent person to lead that. So starting programs that we're not involved in personally uh, from people in the community has been another way that time has opened up for us. And it's, again, more than just time and necessity and adoption. It's just better having someone else and someone else's point of view, uh, what they bring to the table. It makes the community aspect so much more um, solid. I'm out of words now. I'm saying all the words, I'm out of words. So we just want to stress our, like, these courses and these programs um, are still open. Like we would absolutely hop on any call that you want to hop on, or if it's a DM, we don't we don't mind. Um, if there's something that you would want to suggest, or want to lead up, or want to be part of an existing team, um, like we want to take in all those ideas. So if we are out here releasing scoop and saying all these words at you, I want it to be an equal balance where you say an equal, if not more amount of words back at us. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice harmonious <laughs> back and forth in a nice way. Back and forth, it sounds like it's an argument, but yeah, that's, that's the challenge that we had. And I guess the solution we're looking for. Whilst also on that topic, I think it's worth um, mentioning. So in addition to the aftercare program, we also have the Access for program, which we've kind of kind of been updating people on. Um, mm -hmm. We could probably do a better job of. Our Patreons in specific as well. Yeah, exactly. So we have not forgotten our Patreons. Um, <laughs> we, in fact, we're always like thinking about our Patreons. Um, with that in mind, we so far are we're, we're almost three quarters of the way there um, to reach the goal of 5k for Access for All. Now that 5k is, well, stage one of the, I guess, fundraising, not really fundraising, but yeah, raising of funds mm -hmm. um, for that program. And in stage one, we're planning to use that 5k to get resources such as laptops, dongles, um, and mouse, mice, mices, mouse, rats, <laughs> yeah, rats, for um, basically for learners who don't have access to it, because obviously our our reach is for people who are either marginalizing a tech community or you know belong to like a lower socioeconomic backgrounds or you know just don't have access to those resources. And the plan is we'd get laptops that we can then lend to those learners and help them so that they can take part in the courses. And depending on you know how engaged they are and whether they're interested to remain in the field and what they plan to do next, um, we'd look at either providing them with those devices so that they can carry on um, and get into tech properly. Um, but yeah, so that would be it. And we'll see what the success of that is. And obviously we'll keep everyone updated with that. 
especially given Scoof now, like this um, breaks down the barrier of how are we gonna, you know, how are we gonna update them? What's the newsletter gonna look like? Um, all of that. So yeah. you can reach us on our social media or through emails whenever, and then equally given the feedback and given any ideas or thoughts we can incorporate that in what we say because we do have conversations that's the thing that school really highlighted like we are talking about this we are thinking about this but not necessarily letting people know that that's happening um and now having a microphone when we talk and discuss all these ideas is going to help being more open and i hope that Scoop grows to be uh, more regular and something that hopefully people enjoy and look forward to. Fingers crossed. Yeah, guess we'll find out. Stay tuned. Um, stay tuned. Uh, next thing on the list, um, more minor points, I guess. So we have a mysterious talk that we are planning and struggling with at the moment. <laughs> I, a yet unannounced talk that me and Daryl said yes to, of giving a talk together. Um, given we don't really have any other interesting things in our life, um, that will be about project function. Um, and yeah, how's how's planning going, Daryl? Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. The yes meme. It's just, it's not going. It's not really going. We're still trying to figure out how and what and, you know, yeah, how to say it. Yeah. So I, guess... I asked Daryl yesterday the question of what's been the most interesting part of the PF story. And after that mega question of, uh, you know, how are we interesting? Um, <laughs> it's been silent so far. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's something <laughs> we will continue to talk about because we have a few weeks we have a good few weeks until the talk and hopefully you'll see and see it announced here and everywhere um but yeah we'll keep you posted on how that goes we did start a notion doc and you know once you start a notion doc that's 70 percent of the work done it's a good sign (laughs) now we just need to jot down some notes uh, make up some slides be there on the day, answer some cues, say goodbye, and then move on. Simple as that. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you posted. Yeah. Is there something you're looking forward to, Daryl? Looking forward to is, I think, an overstatement. But yeah. I'm definitely, like... In, like I'll, I'm definitely intrigued to see how it goes. Mm. That's not to discredit like the people whom we're speaking to. It's more of just the kind of nerves of public speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just sitting and looking at Zoom faces um, and then not being able to read a room um, in person or... I don't know, like t- missing the physical aspect and yet having the nerves uh, yeah. of public speaking. And hopefully, the reason I said yesterday partially was uh, because I knew it was like 
Two of us speaking, so it feels more natural like a conversation. I don't think I would have done it if I was alone. I think, yeah, it's definitely different when you can't, when you're not in there in person and you can't really read the room and like shift your delivery based on how people are receiving it. Like, it feels more like you're talking into a wall and someone on the other side is like reacting to it, but you can't really, you can't really like, respond i guess so i'm sure it won't be a complete flop i'm sure it'll be okay i'm sure um, it'll be fine yeah it's just what's the worst you... that can happen you know <laughs> that kind <laughs> of sort of way um, it's like how do you work up to it you know indeed and um it's something we'll keep mentioning maybe it'll be like an ongoing how's it all going segment on this um, <laughs> until we obviously give the talk but Yep, something to look forward to, and yeah, we'll keep you posted. I know I said that four times, but we'll keep you posted. Um, final thing on the list, because this has been a long, long recording. Final thing on the list is this mysterious hub. Take it away. Mysterious hub? Mm-hmm. Something um, a mystery van machine for yeah. Scooby-Doo. So... Okay, so over the past couple of weeks, probably weeks, yeah, months. Months, more like months. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been looking at finding a permanent home for PF. Because um, obviously right now, or well, not right now, but in the past, we've had to work with Nottingham Trent University. We have been great. Um, they've really, like, they've really helped, I guess, in our mission. Um but obviously, because of how the process works, it means that we can't confidently say that we'll have the same room every time. And seeing as over 70% of the learners tend to be non-students, um, access to those rooms can sometimes be an issue. And so to try and make things more accessible, we've been looking for like more of a permanent space where we can run all of our courses and you know have like a stable address um for those courses and during that search we've i guess we were always aware but we realized the gravity of the situation um and the fact that nottingham doesn't really have a tech hub um like a dedicated area for tech and all things tech um the way it has for the creative quarter for example and that's obviously that's like an issue but we realized oh wait because of that it's made the search slightly more complicated because yeah we could go to antenna we could go to all these other spaces but it's not really a tech space and if we were to like rent out a room for example it still wouldn't feel at home because obviously it's like an open area um and you've seen this um this is something that I kind of picked up on uh, probably after Daryl, because you've kind of experienced it in different cities where London, for instance, being quote-unquote the tech capital of you know the UK. Um, is that something that's more obvious in cities around us? I mean, yeah. I mean, looking at cities like uh, Birmingham, Manchester, London um lincoln even Mm -hmm. like they all have a tech hub and it's it's working it's worked 
um, yet we don't. Like we have a very strong community of techers or techies, if you want to even mm-hmm. go there. But we don't have a hub. Like there's no set home for right. tech. It's not like you can go. Oh yeah, I know this building. Like so and so is there, or they do talks there. Um, and if you don't know what talks to like go to, you could always turn up and you know see in person, see the schedule in person. We don't have any of that. There's no like central space, like physical space where you can go for tech. So we were like, okay, well maybe whilst we look for a permanent home, we should also make that part of the search. Um, so since then, we've been trying to talk to people, try and gather their opinions, their perspectives, see what's worked, see if anyone has tried to do anything like it, um, see if anyone knows anyone who, you know, would be in a position where they'd be able to influence to make that happen. Um, And that's been an ongoing search, I guess. And in all reality, we've not been very successful with it, uh, as it seems like either people aren't aware of the impact or just have tried but not but haven't been successful, or in some cases where COVID's got in the way and that's kind of stopped their search. Yep. Um, so you know, there's been a lot of we've we've come across a lot of barriers in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. But that search is still ongoing, and we're still yep. trying to see. So if anyone knows anyone, um, who knows anyone? Even anyone? Yeah, um, it'd be great if you could get in touch. Um, we have spoken to someone who took part in, I guess, the committee that started the Lincoln Tech Hub. Mm-hmm. And that's been quite insightful. So, We've learned a lot from their experience. But I think that's the running sequence is we have ideas and we've kind of seen the benefits and um, as being kind of new to the industry ourselves, mm-hmm. having recently graduated, we lack connections. Like we lack, you know, we don't know people as yeah. well as we'd hope we know people. And that also comes down to being partly bad at um, marketing and people skills in some areas uh, and also just not having the time. But the hub is something that I'm sure Nottingham would be, you know, better off with given the success of even the creative quarter, like you said, and Antenna comes close. All these co-working places come so close. It just needs to um, be one level up, just a little yeah. little refined further up um, and having a collective effort from everyone in the community. You know, all the meetups that go on and having such a strong community sense and having so many meetups where we can go and, you know, uh, go and attend as part of a hub would even make them feel more rounded in a sense and it'd be good for PF like personally speaking for us it'd be golden mm. having a permanent address having some physical space that our learners can pop into whenever because we also provide out of course like out of courses help sometimes depending on our availability like the kind of uh, community environment vibes, whatever you want to call it, that we pitch to our learners in our sessions, like they would get expanded into the shape of a hub, and I think our learners would really enjoy it. 
So, even for personal reasons for PF, it'd be something that we'd be highly interested in. And, of course, even if uh, we understand that we can't do this alone, the whole point of a hub is that everyone comes together. Yeah, and like, it's worth noting as well, like, we're not trying to get this all done by ourselves. At like, all. If anyone would even, like, take lead and, like, make it happen, like, we be very happy with that as long as you know the end goal is nottingham gets a tech hub and the tech community gets a boost mm-hmm. and like i guess we'll small be, projects and um meetups we'll yeah. be advocates for that yeah exactly but yeah that's the hub story we're still learning from people who've done this in different cities and we're keen to get people who are interested um just talking, talking amongst each other, talking to us, whatever shape, way, or form that may be. So that's all the things on our list. Um, I'm out of breath speaking yeah. so much. Uh, podcasts are tiring. Uh, but I hope you've had a good time listening to this one, listening to our voices, speaking about PF. Initially, obviously, the first one um, being the first one, we weren't sure of how many people know project functions, so we had to go in and talk about history and backstory and you know link in bios for everything but as it picks up we will obviously reduce that and then it'll be more of th- uh, themes themes around starting a startup and running this and anything that comes to mind honestly it's not it's still not uh something that i wish would become like everything else, so we'll keep our uniqueness in and keep it keep it going. Yeah. Hope that makes sense. I don't know what I was saying. I started it all with an idea and then I ran out of breath. But that's that's it for me. And that's it for Daryl. Yeah. That's it for me as well. Nice. Alright. Cool. Catch you in another in another session. I'm not sure if you're calling them episodes or session or lessons. In another scoop. In another scoop. There we go. Right. Roll the outro. <laughs> I always wanted to say that. Mm-hmm.